You're listening to the Build Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. The fall sports season has arrived, and Midco SN has it covered with live college and high school football, volleyball, and soccer from around the region. Plus, the return of the area's best high school football show, Varsity Sports Live, on Friday nights at 10.30, and Midco Sports Tonight, daily at 6.30, starting August 27th. That's Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. All right, welcome back. Episode number three of the Bill Shaves podcast. I'm Alex Hyndert alongside head of athletics, director of, I'm sorry, I should probably tell your actual title, athletics director of the University of North Dakota, Bill Shaves, director of athletics. What either do you way, prefer, Bill? Either way. I, you know what? That is funny. I, I, um, I don't know. I, I'm good either way. I'll be honest with you. I've seen it both ways. Some people, I guess, get uh, caught up in that stuff. I, I really don't. So whatever you feel <laughs> you need to do, you do. However the spirit moves, Bill. That's we'll, exactly right. We'll roll with it. Awesome. I am pretty hard to offend. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Bill Shaves here. Uh, I've taped this on a Monday morning on the 20th of August. Our producer, David Folsky, standing by as well. Ready, just in case the situation arises, to step in and crack this, as always, which we appreciate. Um, big week. First week of school. Things getting started here in Grand Forks. Parents and students getting moved into campus over the weekends. Talk me through just this is your first first week here at UND with, with classes beginning. What are your impressions of the first week of school here at the University of North Dakota? Did a pep rally last night uh, over at Memorial Stadium where there's a great photo of the class of 2022 gets uh, um, taken. And so that's kind of neat. And so uh, I was able to address uh, the the freshmen that were there. President Kennedy did as well. And uh, Coach Schweiger and Coach Barry were uh, uh, talking with them as well. So that was great. You know, Alex, what's interestingly, I guess, uh, for me, uh, on a personal basis, I've spent the last 11 falls at a quarter school. A lot different, right? So there's so 90% of the country is basically a semester school, but only about 10 is not. And when you're not, it really is interesting because you start late, you start the end of September, and you, you know you're you're already going. I mean, your student athletes sure. have been, been there for two months. Through, yeah. It feels like you're halfway through. The, <laughs> for soccer, in a sense, you're actually halfway through the year. Right. I mean, if you're you're getting to the end of October. So then all of a sudden school starts. So all these functions start start like the end of September. And you're like, life has gone on already, you know. So 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 what was neat was to be able to be a part of this again, kind of the move in where a lot of our student athletes that are non fall. And again, they've only been here a couple of weeks. So that's that's been great. But all of the other sports who we just met with this morning, uh, you know, doing some uh, sports orientation type uh, uh, meetings and those types of things. And they've got their physicals that they've got to do. So all of those types of things are occurring, but it's all with the other student body. And I, it's, it's really, it, it's almost surreal. I'll be honest with you. I'd never been at a quarter school prior to going to Eastern. And so that was always kind of uh, interesting to me. Had, did that ever become, I'm obviously in 11 years, that's a long time to sort of go through that, but did that ever feel like, okay, this is normal? Like, did you ever get that sense of how coming from semester to semester and then you get back into this system, was there ever a sense in your time out there in Cheney that It like, took a long time. I, I you know, I, I'm going to say it was at least, it felt like at least five or six or seven years where you finally sort of, 
I don't know, it, it was kind of part of your DNA of what you did, but it's easier. It's like riding a bike, easier to go back to a semester school. Sure, I bet it's so. Just, it just is. And so, you know, um, it, it, it was challenging in a lot of different ways. You know, folks folks might say, well, hey, it's, it's great for certain sports. They have no classes going on. And so you can just go all in with that. Yeah, that gets pretty old pretty quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, you, you our 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 students are they're conditioned to go to class too and kind of balance it all. And I think when you don't have that, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So I think uh, this model, so to speak, I enjoy much much better. That's what I will say. <laughs> there you and go. The other piece is, yeah. and, and and really, when it's all said and done, at the end of the rainbow, when you are graduating you know, it's a little bit more difficult to hit the marketplace mid-June as opposed to mid-May. And that's what would occur there as well. And not not to say that you're, you know, it just, from the competition standpoint, it's just harder. I mean, if you're an accountant, you know, and you're, you're a major now, maybe you'll have sewn something up prior to graduation, but maybe not. So to hit the marketplace, uh, again, a month later, it is always a little bit uh, more difficult as well. Yeah. Can I ask you really quick, what would be the pros to the quarter system? Because it does kind of seem like if you're only in, in one of the, the, the mass minority 10% of the colleges in the country are doing this. Why would you do that? So the, the, from what, um, the, the history of it, and that's why it, it was kind of interesting coming here to North Dakota where agriculture is a big piece of the puzzle, in Washington as well. And it used to be because of the harvest. And it used to be that, you know, they needed all hands on deck to get the harvest done. And then school would start at the end of September. And so maybe life has changed a little bit. Um, and so so maybe that's not the case anymore. I know there had always been conversations about whether or not it made sense to go to the semester system. I think Washington State sort of took it upon themselves at some stage. They went to the semester system. But even UW, they're still quarters. Still doing quarters, yep. really? Yep, Stanford's doing it. There's, a, hmm. there's West Coast school schools that are doing it and so it's just that's kind of the pocket so anytime i was sitting in indianapolis and we'd be having some conversations from a governance standpoint i'd always kind of raise my hand and just just remember there's <laughs> others that are out there that yeah. are not semester and i don't have to raise my hand anymore which is great um mm -hmm. but but it is tricky when you're when you're doing three tens versus 215. Sure. That's pretty much what it amounts to. So interesting. So when North, North Dakota plays in Seattle, September the 8th against the Washington Huskies, They're those kids will not be in school and will not be for another couple of weeks. They will not be. And I, you know, and I don't know what that will do for their student attendance or not. I mean, I, I would suggest to you probably the, the way it rolls is most people live year round to some degree or September one, maybe that's when their their uh, apartments kick in. So so they'll and again they're they're going to be a great team. So people will be excited <laughs> to go to the game. Would be my guess. Shouldn't affect the gate too much for the number four team in the country with a couple yeah, Heisman candidates. Yeah, I'm not feeling sorry there. for Jen Cohen and uh, and Coach Peterson <laughs> at this point in time. I think they're I think they're uh, yeah. they're pretty good. Yeah, they'll be coming off a game against Auburn by the way the week before, which will be a lot of fun within a well, good top twenty five. You know, and, and let's talk about that for for sure. a second. Is you know, and again, sometimes it is interesting how it rolls. Yes, they have a huge game. Uh, I think it's in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I, I think correct. that's correct, right? So yeah. they go to Atlanta, play Auburn. And again, can you, in a sense, make up having college playoff implications week one? It, and that truly is, uh, will be the case. Then they play us, and then they go to Utah. 
And so that's a tough start to their season. And obviously they have high expectations. They're going to be very, very good. And I, you know, um, but uh, that is a interesting way. And it's like right from jump, right? Playing Auburn. And so that's a kind of a game that if they ever got that one done, that's one that could keep on giving, uh, you know, as the year goes on. For sure. UND fans may be hoping they breathe a little sigh of relief after that game and then maybe start looking ahead to the Utes maybe in two weeks and, and maybe you just you, you know <laughs> I, I can tell you this you know coach Peterson is a class act and um he is a he's he's one of the best in the nation for sure he'll have his guys ready there's no doubt about that um he, a, a quick story about coach Peterson is um back in 2008 um 2008 nine somewhere in that range I got to well I got to Easter in 2007 and there was there was a NCAA issue that was was going on at that point long story short and there was a uh, potential postseason ban that might have happened in 09 and um, we uh, actually uh, fought it so to speak right and so had to go through the whole process of the appeal and um, and and but when when the initial ruling came out what happens is when you go on to postseason if you have a postseason ban all of your student athletes are eligible to be can transfer right away and be eligible uh, eligible immediately the only coach that co- called coach baldwin to 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 talk about someone was coach peterson everybody else kind of was how should i say doing what they're going to do <laughs> And he was the only one. Went through the correct channels. Yeah, and we didn't, uh, you know, knock on wood at that point in time, we didn't lose a player. They all kind of hung tough and stayed. Actually overturned the deal and actually ended up making the playoffs. So it was kind of it's kind of a neat story in that sense, but always had tremendous amount of respect for for Coach Peterson and how he uh, handles his business. Very cool. And this is Chris Peterson, who was at Boise State, I believe, at that yeah, time. At yep. that time, yep, yeah. and has done a great job with the Huskies as well. So much more about, of course, on that matchup and all the things going on with football in the future. Um, one more thought, just quickly, about the first week of school. Uh, as we sit here on Monday morning, how do you see the athletics department? How do you see this campus? How, what's the biggest change that you see? And obviously, we're just getting started with this week. But other than it can get difficult to find a parking spot maybe for, for people out there. Talk about the life that just gets invigorated in this campus when kids show up after a summer away. So what happens is, and, you know, I'm, I'm probably the guy, you know, get off my lawn guy to some degree, right? Right. You, you turn, you, you go past 50 and you just start thinking through all the things that, that have happened in your career. And, and the one thing that I remember one of the uh, presidents that I, ultimately I didn't report to at that point in time, but I was under the umbrella of, of him. He used to always say, not a problem. If you want parking space, you can go down to that school over there. They have plenty of parking. And so I always <laughs> thought about that and just said, when I can't find a parking space, I, it doesn't bother me. I, I want as many students here as possible and because you're getting a world-class education. And I think this is a great place to be. Um, you know, I, I appreciate what um, President Kennedy's doing uh, along with the executive committee. I think they're trying to, in a sense, for lack of our term, um, take some things offline, if you will, even from a building standpoint that maybe over the course of time, um, it probably have gone into some disrepair. I I think, I think if you look around campus, I think it's, it's, it's looking better than ever at this stage of the game. And sometimes, sometimes a fresh coat of paint can do something for you. Sometimes the elimination of something can do something for you. And I think, uh, you know, he's very cognizant of 
of um, you know obviously what students are looking for when they're coming to campus at this point in time and I think uh, you know that the whole executive committee is uh, and you can see it around campus right now that they're they're um, making sure that we can hopefully provide that for our students that come in so it's exciting it's always got that burst of energy you know I mean you know you kind of come in you know it feels like last week you come in and maybe it's kind of like a sleepy summer day and nothing's really happening now all of a sudden poof it's just bustling so uh, it's kind of neat Grand Forks is probably the same way right I mean for, for sure for, for you or and for whomever all of a sudden it's just an explosion of, of folks yeah and that's fun I think that there's that new life like you mentioned that new excitement that comes with the start of a new school year and the start of a new sports season as well I mean fall sports there's something I know everybody loves summer and there's there's something great about kind of clinging to summer and not wanting to let that go but at the same time fall's an exciting time no matter where you're at there's just something special about all everything that comes with that change of season and I, I agree i agree and if you've you know lived i guess in a in a place that has has those change of seasons you embrace it right and so you just uh it, it should be neat but you know obviously uh we've got a little bit of um you know balancing act right now we have a lot of student athletes that are popped on campus right now that uh, we just came from some student athlete orientations and they're doing some of their things and but but obviously we have uh, you know some students that have uh, have been here for for several weeks and have actually started games at this point in time so that, it, that's always kind of neat as well yeah and that's a great segue because we, we are live with fall sports we have li- we have records online that you can see and we have good records right now UND soccer going down to Louisiana this past weekend opening up the season with a four three nothing win against Nickel State a four nothing win against Southern and you know two and oh didn't concede a goal and what a great start for Chris Logan for 2018 to get off the mark, scoring goals and not conceding any. What a great way to start yeah, the fall sports season. I, you know, obviously you don't know, a lot of times you don't know much about your your opposition. And, um, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect. I thought, you know, our, our preseason was, uh, was something that um, – you know, got us in probably a good frame, uh, you know, going into uh, this this weekend. And, you know, we we score a minute into the game. And I, that's, you know, again, I, 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 I'm not even as close to a, a soccer uh, savant as you are. But at the end of the day, that's huge. I mean, you can score the first first goal. It just kind of you almost it gets you going, right? I mean, it, it can almost play mind games probably on you if you. I mean, who was it last year? I think in the EPL, Crystal Palace went seven matches, I think, without scoring. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I think nine. I think in the end, they didn't. We didn't hit score have a point record wise for yes. nine games, and yeah, didn't score a goal for the first seven. And, yeah. and I think that's a mental thing, right? That that can really wear on you, and all of a sudden you just can't you can't finish you can't finish in that that third of the field and and for cassie giddings to get off i mean i i have no idea how it worked and i don't know how it played i I look forward to watching the vid at some point in time but uh (laughs) but i'll tell you a minute in gives you a shot and then katie follows it up about seven minutes later and away you go yeah exciting stuff and again we we had talked last week about how that was you know going to be a a physical test more than anything to go down south and play in the heat yep. and the humidity. And, and yep. that game on Sunday against Southern, they had a, a lengthy lightning delay. I think they were up 2 nothing at the time. And then the lightning hit and they had to just sit around for a long period of time and we were able to come back out and score two quick goals right away on the restart and take care of business for yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's a... Um 
you know, it just, and again, hey, I, every every place has its, uh, you know, issues that you deal with and you maneuver and all that stuff, but it kind of felt like an old school, you know, couldn't get, couldn't, you know, get the video stream or to, so to speak. And, <laughs> and, and that's all good. I mean, I, hey, you do what you do, but I, I think, uh, you know, puts us in a pretty good frame going in now to our, our next two, which I think will be, uh, you know, it'll give us a, a, a really pretty clear, maybe understanding of sort of where we are. You know, uh, obviously we'll play one match on someone's home field and then we'll play uh if you will uh, i guess a neutral site affair but um but we'll have a pretty good understanding of, of probably who we are yeah bill referencing the missoula montana classic that's coming up out in montana und will t- kind of have a, a nice 10-day stretch here where they can just train just practice and train after these two games in august 31st i believe they go out to montana they take on idaho and as you said montana on their home field that's the next action for a couple of former Big Sky opponents and a former assistant coach. Again, Chris Chitavitsky out there is now the head coach of Montana who kind of helped line this up, who used to be an assistant here at UND just last season. Yeah, I think it's, I think it'll be really good. Um, You know, it'll be a, a just a very um, good way for us to got, get a, um, a read on how we're going to handle conference play. And, and, and even though, obviously, the, those aren't conference members at this point, but it, it'll give us a, an understanding. And then we pop back home and uh, we open up on September 5th. Um, and again, just uh, as, you're, as, you're, as you're listening to this, uh, be playing in, I would say, put it in your, uh, you know, your thought process that all of our games will be in East Grand Forks High School. And we appreciate, you know, them uh, uh, allowing us uh, the ability as we, uh, as we go through some uh, renovations at, on our current uh, existing field. Yep. Soccer and a successful start this past weekend on the road. Volleyball getting set to go south to Texas this coming weekend. A scrimmage, though, coming up on Tuesday. First, a chance for people here in Grand Forks to see the team play at the Betty at 7 o'clock. There's there's just good things going around that program. Tamara Marcelli, who is a graduate, just was named one of the the women of the year for the region by the NCAA. It's a big deal. That's a that's a huge deal. That's it's something that deal. hasn't yeah. That, it's uh it's just neat to see all the positive press coming out of the volleyball program once again this season. And the year hasn't even started yet. Yeah, you know, and and I think if you if we had Coach Pryor here, you know, he'd be excited about the fact that obviously uh, enough. Uh, enough people think highly of us that they've uh, they've got us in the maybe the upper end of the conference number two um but you know we got to go play the games right you got to go play the matches and so uh, i i went over and watched practice uh last week and you know we're we're going to be exciting for sure. Um, we've he's got you know he's just got to move the puzzle pieces around a little bit, and once he does kind of figure that that out, I you know it it should be a real real fun team to watch. Yeah. So again, scrimmage coming up Tuesday at seven at the Betty football, as you mentioned, trying to put the pieces together. Still, again, just a, a little over a week away now from the home opener next Thursday. They wrapped up practice twenty is is finishing as we speak right now over at Memorial Stadium. They're off tomorrow, and the plan roughly is to have a starting quarterback named by the start of practice on Wednesday, the start of the new week. That's got to be now you've been around athletics for a long time and have been around, you know, successful football programs at Eastern and Baylor and places like that. How important is it to get that right, to get your starting quarterback correct from the outset? You know what I always have kind of figured out to some degree, and I, I talked to uh, I co- talked to Coach Schweigert last night uh, when we were at the pep rally, and, uh, you know, I think the quarterback room usually knows. And, and, and I think, though, the one thing that he wanted to make sure was that he was going to give them all a, a, a fair um, 
a, a fair ability to compete for the for the job. So uh, you know, I think um, if I if I was uh, to sit here today on the podcast, I would sit here and probably say mm, they probably know at, at this point in time. But um, but I think you know he wanted to make sure and go through the right uh, paces, if you will. And so that'll be exciting. And then uh, you're right. And then it's. Uh, Holy cow! It's a, it's a week from Thursday, and uh, you know, obviously Mississippi Valley uh, State coming in, and uh, and it all begins. Yeah, it's amazing to think that that's now. We had a production meeting this morning over at Midco, just talking about game week and it's crazy that that's really here you start talking about okay we got to get player headshots taken care of and what are we doing for halftime and start making those adjustments and getting graphics figured out and it just does not seem that long ago that we were doing that for last season and we're already gearing up for another year so that's it's crazy next thursday night 6 30 start time over at the alara center against the mississippi valley state team that'll be coming up speaking of the heat the, the those guys will be ready to go play in air conditioning that'll be a nice change i'm it, sure for it, them it will be and you know uh so you know again i think we said it last week you know the first week is always interesting you know everyone's got you know they're zero and zero they 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 flushed last year regardless whether you had a championship season or a, a difficult season you're zero and zero and it gives you you know hope and opportunity so uh you know we've got to we've got to come br- bring what we've got to bring and get off to a good start and then uh and then just you know take it take it uh you know one step at a time we talked about UW that that team is is going to be probably one of the best FBS schools in the country so uh and then follow it up with Sam Houston you talk about weather you know weather could happen down there at that point in time so uh but anyways all that to be said uh hopefully folks are uh circling the calendar thinking about going to the Alaris Center. Uh, I know uh, volleyball plays that afternoon as well. I think, is it a noon a noon start? I, I believe I so. Yeah. Against Eastern Washington, actually. And so uh, um, I know that that match, and, and again, apologies if it's uh, different on your schedule cards or posters, that was one of those late kind of switches that occurred. And they had a coaching change at Eastern, and there was a few things that were going. And, and so I give uh, Coach Pryor some, uh, a lot of credit. He accommodated – in a sense, an, an issue they, they, they had. And you know what? It's karma. You do those things. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes we're going to be in that same situation at some point, and we hope that you know what? others would do the same for us. So that's coming up on Thursday, August the 30th. We should mention Thursday, August the 23rd, this coming Thursday, UND Football Fan Fest taking yeah. place over at Memorial Stadium, which is always a lot of fun, a chance to go out, get autographs. There's a kids clinic that happens at 530 uh, where the UND football team just kind of coaches up some of the youth in the area. They kind of have a lot of fun on the field. And then after that, yeah, it's autographs and pizza and you get to hear from Coach Swigert and some of the guys at the stadium. A really fun thing to come out again, sponsored by Midco, but uh, a free thing for the community to come and be a part of yeah, it the team a little better come on out i you know it, it, what ends up happening is uh, especially during the grind of camp so to speak it's a uh, always uh you know uh, these events are, are are something that the team always looks forward to because uh, it gives them something to do differently and they get to meet uh uh, you know, uh, fans and it, it's awesome. So come on out. That's a, that's a, that's a neat, neat deal. And then, uh, we'll be what, just a week away. Yeah. That'll be a week out, a week out from game day for sure. Um, I should ask Bill, so your time at Eastern Washington, what would be the equivalent? What, what, what was something the Eastern Washington football team would do kind mm-hmm. of equivalent to this fan fest? Some of the things that UND yeah. has done this year. Yeah. I, and again, I, I think every place kind of does it, whatever fits for them, so to speak. And so, uh, what had happened and I, I think they might've just had it this weekend. I, I think what ended up happening, well, I can give you a couple different things here, uh, and, the, and I, I really feel for some folks back there at this stage of the game. Their air quality is unbelievable. Oh, sure, because right of the forest now. fires. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious! It's it's about as high as it's ever.
ever been. So uh, um, with that, though, on the first scrimmage was always on a Saturday. So it was this past Saturday. And then we'd follow up with a Meet the Eagles. Oh, and sure. so and, and, and it worked. I mean, every place has its own little tweaks. And that one, um, volleyball would be doing something. Soccer would be around and kind of bring them into the basketball facility where it was because you just didn't know how the weather would be. And so uh, and then just kind of bring folks in and, and it worked out. But, uh, yeah, every place has its own way of going about it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure this one will be awesome. You know, you, you uh, as we're sitting here in this podcast, and, and David, you guys can teach me as I get through one cycle, you know, until yeah. I get through one cycle, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's ha- it's hard to envision. It really sure. is, you know, and we've had some things even this summer that were like, you know, I'm trying to get my my hands around it. Okay, who's going to be there? And and again, what's the history of it? And, you know, not good, not bad, just is. And just trying to figure it out. Yeah, this is my third year now up in Grand Forks. And I had the same experience, you know, just two years ago, thinking through all these different things that were coming up. And you just, you don't know what to expect, what things are going to look like, what the, what the atmosphere is going to be for a certain event, what the format is for another thing. And it's, once you go through it once, it's like anything. It's like, oh yeah, well now, now yeah, I, I know I know what now to expect. Yeah, easy. Exactly. So I'm going to lean on you guys this year. <laughs> oh, please do. We're yes. ready. All We're right. bracing ourselves. Good. Ready for it. Good deal. Um, anything else from a UND perspective? Anything else happening in your world right now that the people should know about? Oh, we should mention, by the way, had a, had a big hire for women's golf head coach. Yeah, Crystal Sunderman. Yeah. I, thanks, Alex, for that. Yeah, um, Crystal we're excited uh you know what a what a great um fit i think at this point in time and and you know you always you go through a coaching search and you you hope that you get kind of a right fit at the right time and and crystal has got an incredible playing background and uh and she's done a lot of uh clinic type work a lot of things with junior she's still an active player i mean just really really amazing i think i think what she mentioned to me was so I believe it was 91, and UCLA had just come off a national title, and she was their top recruit for the following year. So pretty good player. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so she's always had a goal and a, and a, and a desire to coach Division I uh, golf and, uh, and be in this world. And how should I say, it, it fits time-wise. It, it just connects and fits with her personally at this point in time. And we're excited about having her. And I think the team's excited. And uh, so it should be fun. She'll be here. She'll be here. Uh, could be late this week. I think it's late this week, early next week for sure. And uh, we start a fall campaign, if you will, right? So some of these sports have sort of split seasons. They have their traditional championship season, which is for golf in the spring, but they also do have some tournaments in the fall. And actually the ladies will be teeing it, uh, teeing it up on September 1. So uh, so Crystal, uh, you know, she'll come and she'll just get right yeah, into hit it. Hit the ground running, yep, for sure. That's well, right. Great news for that program. Again, Crystal Sunderman, your new head women's golf coach here at the University of North Dakota. Well, we'll transition from the A side to the B side, a couple brief B side topics here on the podcast today. Uh, Bill is a, uh, I mean, the NFL season isn't quite started yet. Preseason is going on. Bill's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Uh, I, there was some fun Steelers stuff going on this past week regarding, I, I, let's start with this. Who's your favorite player right now on the Steelers? With the Steelers? Who stands out? Okay, here we go. So with the Steelers, I'm troubled by the Steelers. Okay, so... <laughs> I love the Steelers, mm-hmm. um, but they have been very, very good for a long period of time. Obviously, um, 
Tom Brady's been an issue let's for a lot of people right but but certainly New England has been a roadblock for the Steelers over the last decade or so have won a couple of titles with yeah, Ben a couple which, rings yes yeah and, and you know but I, I will say this if in I'm talking completely as a fan right now mm-hmm. completely as a that's fan that's what this is about yeah I for know sure. I know I, I we could be more mature as a team that's what I'll say and I think that has that has been a problem, I think, the last couple of years. And, you know, very talented, uber-talented team. And, uh, you know, but it's just funny. They, they, they do some things that are head-scratching. And it just, you know, um, as, as unbelievably talented as Antonio Brown is, he is unbelievable. But, boy, he does some interesting things that just uh, – and I'm not sure – I just don't know how they react as a group. And when you're dealing with, like, that type of a, a situation, it's, like, interesting to me. I, I don't know. I, I – um, I, you know, I, I like just watching them. I'm, I don't really have a favorite. I guess I, I had more favorite players in previous years, if you will. I just enjoy watching them. But my son likes to rib me when we, you know, can't win at home in the playoffs. And those <laughs> Against Jacksonville. Things. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, and Jacksonville, you know what? Hey, they good were team. good. Good team. They were good. For sure. And hey, they, they should have, could have, would have, should have been in the Super Bowl. I mean, if, if it's, they, it is if, true. If they could have yeah. closed out. that they that, You know, a lot of times you find... You find games that you get to a point in the game, everything has to go right for a team and everything has to go wrong for a team. And that's exactly what happened with Jacksonville. Uh, as a Patriots fan, I was happy that it worked out that way. And then you got to a point, same, and again, same then, you, then you, yeah, in yep. a weird mm-hmm. way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just funny a week later, right? But the, the Patriots have been tremendous. I mean, I, you know, I give them all kinds of credit, but boy, just, you know, they have had the Steelers number in a big way. I'm not going to disagree with that. It's, it's it's been very it's very it's much like they have the truth. Game plan, <laughs> and we've it's been a situation where I think New England's gotten lucky in some circumstances last year, like the Heath Miller fumble that wasn't, and like all the different things that go on with those. Yeah, things. that but, was disappointing. Uh, and, and honestly, that probably did make a, a big difference, right? Changed I mean, the seating in the playoffs. It, it did change the seating, and that one. Um, hopefully, maybe the NFL's kind of figured that out a little bit again. They've kind of gone back to what it was at some stage of the game. I, I, I think this, I think that, that, um, that video, video replay is, is, is great in so many ways, but then when you go frame by frame by frame by frame, as opposed to in real time, things are different. And so, uh, yeah, that one was a tough one. Yeah. I, um, I bring up not, not to, we're going to leave that aside because that's, that's, you know, bad memories. We're going to leave that aside. Um, I do, I was curious about, uh, your thoughts on Antonio Brown. That's interesting to hear about that. Cause he kind of made some news this past week for two reasons. One was, um, donated a ton of money to a children's hospital in Pittsburgh and which was awesome. And people got mad at him because he was late. He said he was going to show up at two o'clock to, to meet with kids had had an Ill, injury after practice. They had to get treated, came a little bit later and people kind of piled on him no. for being late. Great, and it's just, great ones have to adjust on that one. Come yeah, on. I, he, he has I, his yeah. real job. Yeah. His real job is, 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 and he has to take care of himself and his body is, 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 is his currency, so to speak. And so you have to take care of that at the end of the day, if he's still donating, isn't that, the end end all be all yeah, at that stage. Still, still was there for the kids and the yeah. families and still donated all that money. It's crazy how people kind of jump on the bad side immediately and just assume the worst. But he also made some news. There was a great story where, so the Cleveland Browns, your, I don't, I don't know, rival is probably not the right word, but your NFC North 
but traditional historical, traditional rival. Historical yeah. rival. The Browns are on HBO's Hard Knocks yep. this year, and it's um, it's been fun to see. Obviously, a team that did not win a game last year and only won one game the previous year. How their culture works, and one of the things that got brought up, a, a receiver dropped a pass in practice, and Hugh Jackson and the team. The punishment was he had to go catch like thirty balls from the jugs machine after practice, sort of as a punishment. And did it as like the coaching staff was like counting and like looking on to make sure that he did it. And then once he got done, then he left to juxtapose that Antonio Brown catches like 150 balls on the jug machine practice after practice every day. That's just his routine to make sure that he's ready to go, that he can, and he's doing these one handed, he's doing all this stuff. That's just what he does. And there's a reason why the Browns are terrible and why Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the league and the Steelers make the playoffs every year. But it just shows a little bit like you have to put the time in and you know, practicing a skill isn't punishment. That should be just kind of part of the equation. Like, this is what you do to be the best. You have to put that extra time. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I'd say that the, you know, I start off by at a place of um, incredible entitlement with the Steelers because at the end of the day, they've had an unbelievable run, truly. And, and when that's all said and done, you know, the expectation is to try to get to the Super Bowl. That's always the expectation. And when you lose games, I always felt for Bill Cowher, and now I feel for Tomlin as well, because I, I love Tomlin. I think he's really, really good. The, um, you know, when you end up losing, like in the playoffs or in the, in the sense the semis, this just in, the other team's pretty good too. And so, so, so just because you've lost those, only one's going to end up winning. And so, uh, so I think just the consistency factor, I appreciate with that, you know, I mean, obviously New England's off the charts consistent, but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's great to follow a team that know, you know each and every year you have a, at least a shot. And then depending on injuries and all that other stuff in schedule, actually their schedule is pretty good this year. I mean, I, if you were going to say, you know, it, should this give them a shot to, you know, do what they have to do? Maybe we'll see what happens. And I think New Englanders, a, you know, who knows? I always think, is this the year that finally they're going to go back? But I think what New England has done to the rest of the other three teams in that division is unbelievable. Yeah. They, they, they've, they've been in their head so much that it's, it's incredible. They've hit a reset button, it seems like, every three years. And that's been one of the big reasons why the Patriots have won so many NFC titles in a row is because really their, their competition has not been very good. But, but as you said, part of that is... Part of it's them. They, exactly. The Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins they have been kept, chasing they, New England and they just can't. All the time. Yep. And so, they just, so, so they're 5-1, 6-0 and oh for, for, for a long period of time that have given them a chance to be a one or two seed, normally a one seed. And you know what? You earn that. And then it's hard. It's hard to go to Foxborough in, in January. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. <laughs> there, so there you go. So there's that. Uh, switching gears from football to football. Week two of the EPL this past weekend. Spurs, another big win. Three to one over a newly promoted side, Fulham, that plays very attractive football, but now is 0 for 2 so far this season. Still playing at Wembley because your new stadium's not done. I think the big news from this is Harry Kane scored in August. Yep. Harry Kane for, scored in August. First time in his career. He's one of the most prolific goal scorers in the league. And for some reason, always starts slow. And this year with the World Cup year, you kind of thought, man, he's going to be tired. But he gets a goal. This is this is a big deal. He had a good uh, tweaking uh, tweet, just just saying something to the effect of, uh, you know, it, was there an issue with these goals or something <laughs> to that effect? And of course, you know, gets you know as many retweets as you could imagine. But yeah, I don't know. I you know I think today's a big one. Uh, Liverpool goes to Crystal Palace. Anytime you're on the road, it's not easy. You're a top six team. Although Arsenal, whew, I'm, I'm not sure. We probably were staring at five, probably right. Five for four is that? And, and again depending on how Man City looked over the weekend, which was 
silly. So I don't know much about how their opponent was playing, but it seemed like that they were trying to compact things and it yeah, didn't work out. It didn't so work well. out. Yeah, Bill mentioning <laughs> Manchester City, who again won the title last year in the English Premier League, won 6-1 to one over Huddersfield Town, um, which was... A team that drew with City, nothing, nothing last year, and they tried to play that same approach. They had a nil-nil game at the end of the year. Huddersfield tried that again, didn't quite work out. It was a masterclass from Pep Guardiola and crew. Um, Bill mentioning, by the way, five for four. He's talking about five sort of big teams that are playing for four European spots: the Champions League and the English Premier. That that that's uh, throughout Europe, the UEFA Champions League is the big thing. Top four teams in England get into that. It's a it's a lucrative competition. That's what Spurs have been in the last couple of years. Liverpool have traditionally been a, a Champions League team over the years. Five uh, EP or Champions League titles. That's what you're going for. If you don't get the top four it's kind of a season lost essentially and Spurs have been picked by some to finish in the top four again this year some have said eh, maybe not maybe yep, not they, so much this, this could be the year up. that doesn't work out yeah I just Arsenal just has gotten off to a tough start so I don't know usually they're the sixth team in that and I, who knows maybe it's a long year right 38 38 matches but uh, and you're only two matches in but I think it'll be interesting this upcoming week uh, next uh, actually it's a week from today is uh, uh, Tottenham going to uh, Old Trafford and playing uh, Man U. So Man U coming off a interesting loss over the weekend. So uh, you know could put a put a little dagger into him early on if we could find a way to get three points uh, on the road. There would be a lot of people that would enjoy that because everybody it, it, you, Manchester United is one of those teams that people either really enjoy or really just hate. And Chris Logan, who we've talked about on the pod, head soccer coach at UND is a Liverpool fan and says, I love to see Liverpool win, but I almost love to see United lose just as much. There's a, there's a lot of hatred there. It's a Red that, Sox Yankee thing. It is a little bit. Yeah, it's a little definitely. bit. I mean, it, it's a great day. It's a great day when the Red Sox win and the Yankees lose. I mean, that's a great day. <laughs> that's a great day. You know, uh, what was a really good day was the Yankees winning and the Red Sox winning a doubleheader. So the Yankees still lost ground. That's a fun day too. Those are, those are like, those are just things that I get enjoyment from. All right. I have a question for you. Yes, Bill. So here's a, here's an EPL question for you. Of all the folks I've kind of met that I go down the EPL track, the one team that doesn't seem like they say that they follow for whatever reason is Man City. I don't know many Man City fans. I, I mean, why do you think that? A lot of Liverpool fans. Yep. A lot of Liverpool. I don't know the reasons why that is. Chelsea even I have kind of gone down the path. Arsenal, for sure. But the Manchesters are interesting to some degree. I think the reason for that, and this is, this is just my assumption, Manchester United obviously is, is the brand name from Manchester. Yankees, that's right. That's, that's, yeah, yep. Yep, exactly. That's a, a traditional team that has won more titles than anybody else. City have always sort of been the Clippers to yep. you know, yep. the Lakers. Mets, the, whatever. The, yeah, right? the Mets, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use. And they were so bad for so long. And the, the ironic thing is, Claudio Reyna, who was a captain for the yep. United States, was on Manchester City. Where, kind was of, he really? Yeah, and so there's sort of that connection. So you'd think, gosh, maybe that makes sense. And, and they obviously play really enjoy like, pleasing to the eye yes. soccer like they are an attack-minded team that play forward thinking they've been very good for the last six seven years or so but i think that's where that's where it kind of comes in i think people that follow the premier league now maybe really only started in this country maybe 10 8 7 years ago or so and at that time city were terrible because this transition from being a locally owned club to being purchased by oil sheiks in the Middle East with billions of dollars that have transformed this from 
you know, a really an also ran too, one of the best clubs in the world. That's been a really quick transition. And I think that whenever those types of things happen and you can tell this team is only good because they have a lot of money, that's it leaves kind of a, a little bitter taste in your mouth, I think, where a lot of these other teams, obviously these other teams are ridiculously rich too. It's not like Liverpool or United or Spurs or Arsenal. They're not hurting for dollars. These are billionaire owners but all over the place. Historically, they probably have a different different history. It's a different feel, absolutely. Mm. So City are just kind of a bit of a flash in the pan, more recent success brought on by this influx of cash. And uh, and I think for whatever reason, I think people I think are more drawn to a, a Spurs that have sort of done it with homegrown talent yep. that are kind of this sort of traditional club that have kind of been up and down. Same thing with Arsenal, like they you know a stylistic football that people really enjoy watching. A long tradition. Same thing with United, a long tradition of success. Liverpool, kind of the the you know they're they're the Boston of England. It's this tough working class group that have been great since the '60s. There's just all these different reasons why you'd like those teams. And City, it's kind of like ah, it's kind of shiny and new. And I got you. Eh. So, so in D1 parlance, so to speak, I mean, it's kind of like you're dealing with a, you're you're bringing in your freshmen, you're growing them up, and and you're just continuing with some of those schools as opposed to bringing in say transfers or whatever. I mean, I, it, it's that kind of thing. Or in I guess baseball parlance, you, it's it's all home grown triple-A guys coming up, yeah. So, I mean, I, I could see that, but it's just funny. It just seems like City's been so dominant in a sense, I mean, but um, but you're right. It's probably more, in a sense, new money, if you yeah. will. I think people, if, if you're a City fan, no offense to anybody who is a City fan no, out there, it. but if, it. it feels like you are you have to be a bandwagon fan you if you're a City on. fan. You, you, you had on. to have jumped on. There's no Very few people would say, I was, I've been a City, at least in this country, I've been a City fan since the 90s or the 80s. There would be very, very few so if you know you're a City fan, you can look at you and say, you just started liking them like in the last year or two, didn't I got you? you. So, but they've spent their money well. They have. No, absolutely. And they play well. They do. And they're coached well. So, I mean, they're, they're, if, I, if I'm a City fan, I'm thinking, eh, they could win the Champions League. <laughs> right? They could. That's the one box they've not ticked. And that's why Pep Guardiola has been brought over there to try and win the Champions League for that ownership group. And we'll see if they've not been able to do it yet, even with all their money and their resources. Liverpool beat them last year in the quarterfinals. We'll see what happens this year in 2017 or 2018-19. But yeah, good stuff. We could talk about soccer for a long time. We're not going to. We'll flip over the B side and we'll save it for another time. Absolutely. Well, hey, I always enjoy, and I th- I know we're uh, we're heading down the path here. Uh, Teams, uh, teams are, are, are really getting after it. So, hey, if you haven't gotten your season tickets at this point in time, please think about it. I, we would love to have you at the Betty watch volleyball and uh, would love to have you at the Alara Center watching football. Yeah, a lot of exciting teams getting ready to get their seasons going or continue their seasons in the in the in soccer's state. Big week, first week of school, first yep. week of games. It's all happening here in Grand Forks, Bill. Sounds good. <laughs> good stuff. Bill, thanks again for your time. Bill, uh, also thanks to David Folsky, our producer. I'm Alex Seinert. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.